0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 180, and I'm talking with Grayson Murphy. Grayson runs for NAZ Elite, and she is a brand new professional runner. She's just finishing up her first year professional running. She has a pretty unique story. She actually played soccer, which I know a lot of runners played soccer growing up, right? But She played soccer all the way through her freshman year of college and ended up walking onto the cross country team when she transferred schools as a sophomore. So the crazy thing is, is she finished 53rd place at her first NCAA cross country championships in 2016 and then finished eighth place one year later. She's a five time all American and she's just ramping up her professional career. The crazy thing is, is she's only been running for five years. So this is just still really new to her and she's learning a lot and will be growing in the sport so much in these coming years. You know, a lot of the people she's competing against have been competing their entire lives. They've been running around a track and competing for years. And so it's pretty cool to see her compete at such a high level being so new to the sport still. She's really open and honest over on her Instagram page. You can find out more about her when you go to Rayson, R-A-C-I-N underscore Grayson on uh, Instagram. All right, before we get started talking with Grayson, shout out and thank you to Lily Trotters for continuing to support this podcast. That is my favorite compression sock. It should be your favorite favorite compression sock as well. Uh, Lily Trotters is a woman-owned company and Their compression socks are not only functional, but they're super cute too, so they're fashionable. I wear them on my runs sometimes, and I also wear them for recovery as well. I love putting on a compression sock after a hard run or long run. It just feels so good to pull them up over my calves. You all can save 25% off your order when you go to lilytrotters.com. Just use the code ANOTHER to save 25%, and I really hope you'll check them out You should follow them over on Instagram as well. They do a really good job over there. Their Instagram handle is L-I-L-Y Trotters, Lily Trotters. Thanks, Lily Trotters, for supporting this episode of the podcast. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Grayson Murphy. Today on the podcast, I'm really excited to have another Naz Elite athlete, Grayson Murphy, on the show. Welcome to the podcast, Grayson.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So when did you join the team, though? I joined in officially July of 2018, so last summer, um, and then I arrived in Flagstaff in August.
0: Okay, you might, Grayson, you might be one of my youngest guests on the show.
1: Really? I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what's this first year been like for you running professionally?
1: Wow, it's been interesting. Um It's been a lot of adapting, new things, obviously. I also experienced my first ever running injury. Um, So that was kind of weird and difficult to deal with in the midst of also being right at the beginning of my pro career. Um, And then, yeah, it's been kind of cool just learning from my teammates that you mentioned. They're all so wise and have so much experience. So it's been cool to have that wealth of experience to run with and learn from because also from a running perspective, not just pro, but I've only been, this is my fifth year running ever. So it's been nice to have people I can ask questions to and definitely a learning curve, but I'm getting there, I think.
0: Yeah. That's so crazy because at 23, you know, most people who are running professionally have been running, racing, you know, all throughout their high school career, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: you didn't start actually (laughs) racing until, was it your sophomore year of college?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: So you're a soccer player. Okay. So Mm -hmm. so, we know soccer players run a lot, but (laughs) did you know when you played soccer, like, did you, were you always one of the fastest girls on the team? Like, did you know that you had a gift for running as well?
1: Um, yeah, because we would do lots of conditioning, and I'd always be the one that last the longest or be the fastest. And then I played wing and striker. So my moves were kind of just like outrun someone. And then that's how you get around them. Um, so I kind of knew that I was good at running. But I thought I was good at sprinting because the longest <laughs> I'd ever run was half of a field length, you know, so I didn't know that it would be a long distance thing I thought maybe I'd be good at middle distance or something so
0: okay so tell us about the soccer thing because when you were in high school you know playing soccer competitively did you ever look at the cross country and track team and think that looks like fun or were you just like I'm soccer through and through
1: oh my gosh yeah I, I looked at the cross country practice going on when I was playing soccer and thought how crazy are they that looks awful I can't believe they signed up for that. I'm so glad I'm over here on the field with a ball and not running. Um, So I really had no interest in running. (laughs) Me and my sister did once. We got dared. I have a twin sister. Oh, you do? Um, uh So we were both very athletic, and she was on the softball team and basketball team, and so we both, our friends knew we were kind of good at running, so they dared us to do a track meet once, on the track team, so we did do that once, but we both finished, and we're like, "Wow, this is not fun at all. <laughs> we're not going to do this ever again." Um, so that was the beginning and end of my track career in high school. Was those that one meet with my sister as a dare? Um, yes, yeah, so and then it was all soccer through and through till my freshman year of college, and then I just kind of lost fell out of love with it and realized it was time to move on.
0: Okay. So did someone recruit you to run? Like, how did that work out?
1: Um, No. So I was just, I was transferring from my first college where I was playing soccer and I was initially transferring just to a school with a good engineering program. So as my major, and then I realized I wanted to be still on a team environment or something like that because I've always been on a team my whole life. So I contacted the running coach and asked if I could be on the track team because I didn't know that the track and cross country teams were the same thing. I thought they were different. I don't know. Um, And he was like, sure, like, we want to let this guy on the team, too. We need equal numbers. So we'll let you on so we can have this guy. Um, And they were D1, but definitely not like they're a mid-major program. So. They just kind of like more bodies, like good enough. They really didn't care. I had no running background, like no PRs, um, no running watch. I think I'd run the longest distance up until that point was like four miles, maybe once. (laughs) So when you signed
0: on to do track, then what, like, what was the very first race distance you competed in
1: Um, collegiately? Well, I showed up, and then it was in the fall, so they had me do cross country as well. So I did a five k cross-country race and that was interesting what did you I run never... and what did you place
0: like what was tell me the race experience like you're, I... you're just kind of thrown into the wolves there yeah
1: so I had never even been to a cross-country race before um <laughs> as a spectators so I had no idea what to expect I remember being in the van with my coach and I was like are there lanes or heats or like how does this work like <laughs> what do we do? And he was like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? Um, but I actually had a lot of fun. And he told me to just stay with my teammates. And I remember the first mile we ran 5.58, which was the first time I had ever broken six minutes in a mile. Um, was in the middle of this five, well, the first mile of this 5K. And then I actually finished, finished first for the team. And, then they, I think after that, they're like, oh, I think she might be actually pretty good at this. So then they started trying to challenge me a little bit more. So it was a fun experience, definitely out of my comfort zone. So was this at
0: Santa Clara University? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, cause you, you then transferred to University of Utah. So you went to two yeah. schools, right? I went to three. So okay, that, that's what I was, I yeah. thought there was, a, when you said when you moved schools, I was like, I feel like there's a third in here. Uh-huh. Okay, so Santa Clara was your second
1: yeah, school. Okay. And Sweet Briar in Virginia was my first where I played soccer.
0: Okay, so where's your hometown? Salt Lake City. Okay, Salt Lake mm-hmm. City. Okay, so then when you transferred to Santa Clara, where, is that, where's that, is that California? California, yeah, it's in the Bay Area. Okay, and so then why did you then move to University of Utah?
1: Um, so after two years at Santa Clara at the end of the second year I realized I really actually enjoyed running the first year I was kind of learning to love it still and that I was getting pretty good at it and I wanted to see if I could get really good at it and I knew that the program I was at wasn't going to be where I could do that and then I also figured I might as well Get some school paid for while because Santa Clara didn't have like a big athletics budget, so I figured I'll go back home and have less student debt and just try and see if I can get better at this whole running thing. So that's why I went back.
0: Okay, so when you went to Santa Clara and you contacted the coach, you were walk basically you were walking on then.
1: Yeah, I walked on. Okay,
0: and so then with Mm -hmm. University of Utah, you were offered a scholarship. Yeah. Okay, the crazy thing about all this is this was like four years ago, right? (laughs) Like, this is so, so recent. Uh Um, So let's talk about this, though, because you finished 53rd in your first NCAA Cross Country Championship in 2016, and then you went on to finish eighth one year later. Uh What does that evolution look like? I mean, it's because it's like you're figuring out, oh, I'm really good at this, and then you're, like, becoming really good.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, I know that a lot of – I keep having coaches tell me, like, don't expect to keep PRing by this much every time. But it's been a fun ride because it is, like, a big learning curve. And once you start to figure it out and things start to click more, you just see more and more results, which is really fun. Um, but there are some hard times, too, adjusting to new training schedules. Like, things get harder. The races get – way more built up and there's more pressure and now suddenly I went from someone who nobody knew who I was to now I have like flow track videos and articles and people know who I am and people are watching so the pressure part was not so much fun um I like to be kind of in the shadows Mm. but it's been I wouldn't take it back for anything I've learned a lot and it's been kind of fun discovering myself and Finding my flaws and things I need to work on too. Yeah,
0: you're kind of thrown into the spotlight because a lot of a lot of people that are placing the way you're placing in college, and then you're you know you're going on to go pro right out of school, like we're like high school phenoms, and like yeah. with state, and you're like <laughs> uh-huh. I was on the soccer field.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been different. I think I'm struggling more so now. It's kind of gotten to a point where I'm like my physical development has very much surpassed my mental development in the idea of racing. And so I'm trying to get caught up on the mental side because I never had that Mm. high school, low pressure, like time to work through things. I went from kind of nobody to somebody and I don't, I need to catch up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What, tell us about steeplechase because how did that, when did you decide you were going to try that out?
1: Um, So I tried that at Santa Clara after they realized I was pretty good at cross country. And then they were like, well, you played soccer. So we'll put you in steeplechase because you, <laughs> you must be semi coordinated. Um, so that was kind of fun. And that's when we started that. And then I think they realized too, that that was something that I picked up pretty quick. So we just kept doing it. Cause I just kept improving. Um, so that was a fun race. And it's not, I think ultimately I'll be better at longer distance, but for, where I was in my development I think it was a good call from the coaches to put me in a slightly shorter event just to make sure I can get some miles under me first
0: yeah but your first post collegiate race was in the steeple wasn't it
1: it was yep
0: where's that like You're who cho- who <laughs> chose that and were you excited that it was steeple um, did you want it to
1: be a longer distance yeah well I had just come off of the NCAA's running steeple. So it was kind of, it made sense just because it was what I'd been training for all spring. And I'd also qualified in the 10K, but I running a 3K and running a 10K competitively are pretty different training schedules. So you kind of decided at that point, I didn't have enough under me to try and run a 10. So we just stuck it out with the steeple.
0: All right. Tell me about joining Nazalee I love hearing you know like one of my favorite parts of the book that Ben and Scott wrote was like the email correspondence of like joining the team and Uh I love hearing you know I recently interviewed Marielle Hall and I love talking to her about like her joining the Bowerman Track Club and what that looked like when she kind of pursued Jerry so Uh what did it look like were you pursuing Ben was Ben pursuing you to join the team how did that all shake out
1: um, ben was pursuing me. I He emailed and then sent a nice little letter packet um, in February of 2018. So right after, right about indoor nationals time, um, he was, I think what caught his eye the most was my performance at NCAA's cross country getting eighth. Mm. And then, so he reached out and We kind of kept a loose relationship. We were joking because it's been a year exactly now since we met, um, because we met at Stanford Invite last year. So it was this weekend last year that we first met face-to-face. And he kind of went over what the team was about and showed me a little bit of their training. And I was pretty interested because I know I'm more of a strength-oriented runner, and that's kind of his practice. So we kind of stayed in touch throughout the spring but not to no pressure just because it was NCAAs and I wanted to do well at that and then we got to USAs and I got to see them again and at that point I talked to a few other teams and coaches and agents and sponsors and was kind of thinking like I think NAZ Elite is the whole package for me and that's where I want to go so I went on a visit after USAs to Flagstaff and got to meet everyone and it felt very much like a recruiting trip in college which was kind of fun yeah, um, yeah, they took me to dinner and I got to stay with Steph and Ben and I was pretty starstruck staying with them because <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were so cool. They still are so cool. Um, and then, yeah, I just was like, I think this is the right fit for me. So we decided in July that I would sign with them.
0: Yeah. So was finishing eighth, was that what put you on people, everybody's radar? I mean, is that that's what Ben reached out to you regarding and you had other agents and people reaching out about.
1: Yeah. So I think that, and then combined with the steeple chase performances, I think those were probably the two biggest, um, I guess favorite advantages of me. And then I also did well at indoor nationals. I only ran indoor two years and I made indoor nationals both years. And I think that just the consistency of performing, on a big stage, that was another thing I heard coaches were interested in.
0: Yeah. Okay, so talk to me about this, like, development because you kind of talked about how you need to let your men- the mental side catch up to the physical side of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, thinking about even you looking back when you're 28, looking back to what Grayson was thinking at 23, <laughs> you know, yeah. like... What are the things that you are most excited to develop right now as still, I mean, a really new runner? Yeah.
1: Um, I think I'm excited to develop. I kind of put this out in a post uh, yesterday, but I still struggle with pre-race nerves and anxiety around racing and trying to enjoy races because right now they're not a very enjoyable experience for me. Um, So I think I'm excited to get to a point where I enjoy races, and they actually are the fun part, like everyone says. And I'm excited to go through that personal development mentally and just be a little bit stronger and more relaxed about it all, which I've heard comes with experience. So Yeah, that's, in there. You,
0: like you can't just, like, create that in your head. Yeah. And a lot of these women have been running competitively since they were, like, 12.
1: Uh-huh. I've got some major catching up to do. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, What are some things, like, do you talk with Ben about that? Do you talk with Steph Bruce about that? What are some things that, what are the action steps you're taking to kind of go in that direction?
1: Um, Yeah, I talk, I'm pretty open. I like talking about that with people and seeking advice. So Steph's really good. Ben's really good. Um, Scott's really good. My roommate, Scott Fawble, because he deals with anxiety too and he's been a good sounding board for me and then my college coach I'm still really close with him and he has been through all of this with me so he knows me well and he always has some pretty good advice about racing and being more relaxed and then personally I've been journaling and trying to stay busy I made bullet journals and sell them now and That's been a project. The selling part has been good to keep me busy. And then also using it as a journal and a tracker has been good to kind of keep me on track and focused and not spiral out of control. Um, And then I'm going to start working with a sports psychologist, too, just to see if I can jumpstart this process because I do need to speed it up. I think a little bit quicker than most might need to.
0: <laughs> so, totally, um,
1: we're gonna see. <laughs>
0: Seeing as how you're already a professional runner, yeah. <laughs> um, so you do. You, so you're saying like the the creating of the journals, the marketing, the selling, like mm-hmm. having this like other passion outside of running is helping you kind of control your thoughts. Being in the space of like, oh my gosh, I have a race coming up all the time.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm kind of learning that I need, I know some people can be fully into one thing, but after having been involved in engineering and clubs and on top of that running for so long and now it's just running, I'm realizing I need more things to do outside of it so that I can feel more fulfilled and then I'll be more at peace when I'm doing the running.
0: Yeah, in your wildest dreams when you entered college, did you think,
1: I'm (laughs) going to go to school
0: for civil engineering, but I'm actually going to be a professional runner in like three years? Never.
1: I would have told you you were crazy if you told me that five years, like four years ago. Tell me about
0: what your parents think about all this.
1: (laughs) They've been nothing but supportive, and I can't thank them enough. When I first told them I wanted to run, they were like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? No one in my family is a runner. So they were like, What? That's not fun. Why would you do that? <laughs> um, but then they were like, Whatever. Like, we'll come support you. And it was fun for them, too. Like, they've had to learn how to be a fan at a track meet and how to cheer. And it's different than a soccer game and um, all the rules and heaps and what that all means so it's been fun learning curve for me and my family figuring out the world of running together but yeah they're, they're just supportive they, they might think i'm a little crazy and kind of their wild child but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> um
0: yeah so the naz program do you say naz or naz Uh,
1: i say naz do
0: other people say NAS, or is it just, am I just this random podcast host? Uh, no, I feel
1: like it's pretty half and half. Okay, good. All right, yeah. Cool.
0: I'll stick with what I feel comfortable okay.
1: with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
0: the NAS group, don't don't they focus long-term on, like, the half to full marathon distance, and is that where you're headed? You're so young and new to it still, but are you, like, is that, are your eyes on that bigger picture?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, For me, at least, that's years down the road, I would think. But I think that I feel more comfortable the longer we go and the more kind of a, a strength race that it is. And I know Ben knows that. And that's part of the reason we felt like we were a good fit for each other. So I don't see that very soon. But I think in a few years that's probably where I'm headed
0: okay I wasn't sure what the structure looked like when new Mm -hmm. newbies out of college signed on and and kind of were headed there but you can't jump you can't jump all in
1: no um, I'll be pretty much in the 5 and 10k range for a little while here I'm running a 10 mile this weekend at cherry blossom okay that will be my longest race probably all season so
0: okay but So talk about that because you, you mentioned you had your first injury. So when was that, What was it and how long have you been back?
1: So that was, let's see, it started, I think it was kind of rolling over from track season last year just because it was so long. The NCAA system is kind of brutal. Um, So I think it, it started in July, but we didn't really, I didn't have to stop and take time off until October. And then, it felt like plantar fasciitis, but once I got an MRI, we realized it was actually torn.
0: Oh. So I had to take
1: six weeks off of running and then another six weeks of just cross training. And then was kind of on the G for another two, three weeks before I got back to running on the ground. So I wasn't running again till January 1st, I would say. Um, so it was a good two months, two, three months of being kind of out out for the count that I was dealing with but it's gone haven't had any problems since
0: how'd you deal with that mentally
1: you know that was probably my biggest mental challenge to date with running um I went home for a while to Salt Lake just to get I had more access to healthcare there and then just being around family and friends and not being in an environment where all you know is running, that was really helpful for me. Um, I got into cross-country skiing thanks to my boyfriend. And so that was a good, like, distraction and new sport to learn. And it was it kept me fit and healthy, but it didn't put any strain on my planner. So that was kind of a good thing. And just getting into other things that I didn't have time to do else otherwise, uh, the journals, that's kind of when that all happened as well. Oh,
0: okay. That yeah. makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Two follow-up questions with that. Um, yeah. where'd you meet your boyfriend and how long have you been dating?
1: We've been dating almost two years and I met him at the university of Utah as well. He's a skier there. So. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Also in the athletics department.
0: Awesome. Um, Now, where does he live now?
1: He's still in Salt Lake and he has one year left of school.
0: Okay, so he's younger. You're dating Mm -hmm. a younger man.
1: I am, yeah. (laughs) Robbing the cradle. (laughs) What's his name? (laughs) Logan. Logan.
0: Okay, Uh so how's long distance going? Is it hard?
1: It is hard. Um, We had been together, like pretty much attached to the hip until I left. So, over a year and then I left. So, that was hard suddenly not being with him, but. I think we're dealing with it really well. And Salt Lake is only an eight hour drive from here. So we've been able to manage and kind of see each other about once a month. So it's not been too bad.
0: Okay. So what does he think? And what is your, what do your parents think about you having a dude roommate? Uh,
1: (laughs) I think they're okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) My parents are kind of just at this point, they're like, Grayson's just going to be Grayson and (laughs) we're just going to support her. Um, and then Logan's fine with it. He likes Scott. so
0: Yeah. Do you yeah. get like a big brother vibe from Scott? What is that like?
1: I do. Yeah. He has a sister that's my age. So I feel like I'm like a good substitute while he's away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what have you learned most um, in in this long eight months that you've been on the team? <laughs> like, What are some of the biggest lessons you've taken from people like Scott and Alphine and Steph and... Who do you run with most?
1: Um, well, I also live with Alice, and so I run with her quite a bit, and we're really close. But it kind of depends on the day. Everyone's on a little bit different of a schedule, so just whoever shows up that day is who you get to run with, which is kind of fun. It mixes it up, and um, I run with Steph. shes I've asked a lot of advice of Steph and had many coffees with Steph, <laughs> asking for her wise words of wisdom. Um, but I think I've learned probably just that it's a process and it's different than college where you're not trying to gear up for the next NCAAs. Like you can take more time and be more respectful of your body and kind of what you need in order to reach your goals, which may be farther away than what you would have had in college. So,
0: yeah, it's such a different experience. College, you have such a Finite, small amount of time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, it's, it felt like you're just always on to the next season and on to the next championship race, and you're always just trying to hold it together for that. And I'm learning now to speak up when things don't feel right. And that's something Steph is really good about is whenever something feels even a, you know, a little bit off, she's on top of it and getting it taken care of. Like she's not going to wait for it to become a problem um which is not the mentality you have in college so it's been a good learning experience to know that you should take responsibility early for things
0: is it weird to i mean it's like you and Steph are competing at the same level and is it what is it like to see So Steph and I are the same age and we both have kids and like, what's it like to see her in such a different phase in life than you, but still doing the thing that you love and want to do for years.
1: It's super inspiring. Um, and it really emphasizes the thing that you need to be patient and it is a process. And she is, let's see, she's 13 years older than me. Yeah. So like, and she's where she is now and she's really awesome. But, it's taken that long to get there, and so it gives me hope that, like, I don't need to be running 32 flat tomorrow. Like, I can have a couple years, and I can take my time, and it will come.
0: Talk to me about the planner fascia thing, because... Man, that's an injury that I man. It just Ugh. like it. It's so nagging. It's like it is. the second I, I have anything that feels like it's planner related, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> like, even because it uh, will linger and linger. Right. Um. So, what are you doing precaution wise? Like, you. I mean, two uh, full months is a long time to take off for a pro. But yeah. Like, what else are you doing now, proactively?
1: Um. I get dry needled pretty regularly, and I've found that I respond really well to that. And if for anyone that doesn't know, it's kind of like acupuncture, just a little bit deeper and then you hit kind of trigger points or tight spots in your muscle and you'll feel a release.
0: Oh. And that
1: has seemed to really help, especially if my calves get tight and I kind of figure out that's the problem. It like pulls my planner up. So if I can keep my calves loose, then I'm okay. Um, and then massage is always a go-to as well.
0: How often do you get massages?
1: Right now, probably only once every other week, um, and then I'll get dry needled in between.
0: All right. So you have the cherry blossom coming up. Mm-hmm. Who's the competition there? What does that look like? That's in D.C., right?
1: It is, yeah. Um, I actually don't know. We, I'm having my meeting with Ben, Coach Ben, this afternoon, so I haven't seen the start list yet, but... Um, Cause I think for me, since it's my first 10 mile and first really long distance race, we're going to be kind of conservative and just make sure I get through it and do it well. So I think my competition is going to be me in that race. Are you going to
0: talk to him about controlling the nerves before the race? Is that one of the the talking points (laughs) of the meeting?
1: Yes, definitely. i I need all the help I can get in that department. So every race, I'm kind of like, what do I do? (laughs) Give me something to work on.
0: Yeah, the 10-mile distance, it's like you're just short of a half marathon. And oftentimes, Uh like 10 miles is the point in the half marathon when you either die or you can, like, (laughs) you know, really kill it for the last 5K. So it's kind of a nice, fresh distance. But I'm sure seeing that it's, what is it, four miles longer than your longest? Yeah. Your Mm -hmm. longest is the 10K?
1: Yeah. That's exciting though. Yeah, I think I get excited about that because it is so new and so I I have less expectations yeah. for myself and less pressure, so I get I think that's why I like doing new things more often than not.
0: Yeah, you're like it's like when you did your first cross country race, like you didn't uh-huh. you you were the new girl, nobody nobody knew who you were, or what you were bringing to the table, and you can show up at the cherry blossom and do the same thing.
1: Yep. I can just do it my race and no one needs to know. (laughs) Yeah. Hey,
0: everybody. I want to take a quick break and thank a sponsor for this episode, which is FabFitFun. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size, yep, full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. It retails at $49.99 and has a value of over $200. You all can use the coupon code ANOTHER for $10 off your first box at fabfitfun.com. So these boxes sell out fast. Sign up for yours today. You will open that box and feel like it's Christmas morning. One of my favorite things that I received in my box this time is a really cute jewelry holder and also some really awesome moisturizer for my face. They have products from Glam Glow, Kate Somerville, Anthropology, Juice Beauty, and so much more. All right, so you guys don't miss out because these boxes sell out fast. Check out FabFitFun.com and use the code ANOTHER so you can save $10 off your first box, making it only $39.99. Again, that's FabFitFun.com and use the code ANOTHER. All right, friends, let's enjoy the rest of my conversation with Grayson Murphy. What are your long-term goals for the sport of running?
1: Um, I'm still, I think, in the process of figuring out what I do actually want. I know people, if they've been running for longer than me, probably have a better idea. But I think everything seems so open to me still that I would just, I'd be really happy if I could just define my career as successful, however that may be, whether that's making an Olympic team or making a trail running team or... PRing or doing something just that I think is successful for me that's kind of my general goal right now um I think if I can figure out kind of what I want out of the sport then I'll have a better idea of more specific goals
0: do you pay close attention to what the other pros are doing like are you going to be all over watching Boston in a couple weeks
1: uh, I will be watching just because Scott is running and so I have to support him. <laughs> um, but as far as like the pros go, I'm not – the marathoning seems so far off right now and yeah. out of my range that like I'll cheer for people, but it's kind of not something I would think like, oh, I could run that because I really have no idea why I could run in a marathon.
0: Do you ever envision like – where your life would be turning right now had you not gone pro like you so your degrees in civil engineering talk, yeah. to, talk to us about that passion as well like how did you become passionate about that and what would you like to be doing right now if this wasn't the path
1: um I think that so I started engineering because I was good at and really enjoyed science and math but I wanted a little bit more of a creative outlet than just a straight mathematics degree and I like being outside as well and so that's kind of where the civil um specific specification came in with engineering because I can work on dams I'm pretty interested in waterworks and hydrology um so I can be outside working on dams and looking at rivers and streams and so that kind of combined two things that I liked and then I think I think of this a lot, but I think if I wasn't running, I'd be working at some engineering firm somewhere, and I would hope that I would like it, but I'm not 100% sure that I would like being in a desk all day. <laughs> uh, um, and then I think that like looking forward, I'm not sure if I can combine engineering and running Yet, I have a part-time engineering job right now, but it's very low-key and from home, and I'm more of, like, IT support to them. So I think that it remains to be seen if that's something that I'll continue to work on. How many hours a week do you do that? In the fall, I was doing it maybe 10 to 15, and right now I'm doing, like, five. Um, They had a really slow winter. There's not a lot of engineering projects in the winter, so... It's kind of picking back up again, but right now, like hardly at all.
0: How did you come about that job?
1: I kind of created it for myself. I knew when I was moving to Flag that I should have another source of income. Just uh, engineering me is thinking away, and I contacted the firm and just told them my situation and asked if they might have a position that they could create for me that was just kind of part time and remotely and. I would just be able to help out more, kind of like an internship position, just paid. Um, and they were like, sure, we'd love to have you. So it worked out really well. I got super lucky with the firm that I contacted and it's been pretty fun.
0: How does one get interested in like reservoirs and dams and <laughs> channels? Like what did you do as a child that piqued that interest?
1: <laughs> well, I I think I'd blame it on running actually. It was at Santa Clara, we used to run along a lot of, River trails and dams and reservoirs, and I was doing engineering at that point, but I was still in mechanical engineering. And then I got really interested in like how are they built and where does the water go and all this stuff. And then in California, of course, water is a big issue, and so that was something that interests me too. So then I switched over to civil, and realized like yeah, I could like this. I like running by these things and looking at them, so I could like building them too. That's awesome.
0: Now you have this little like entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit about you. Um, <laughs> the the runner I most compare that to is Colleen Quigley because she's got all her little side hustles oh, too. Right. Yeah. So talk to me about your bullet journals and how that became because I do some entrepreneur type stuff of my own and I know that coming up with a product and then actually producing it and actually selling it is a lot of work. So,
1: talk about that. Yeah, um, it was more work than I expected to be. <laughs> uh, so, I started making my bullet journal just as a bullet journal for me uh, last summer. And I liked making it, and it was pretty fun. And I liked drawing, and it was like a nice, I compared it to the adult coloring books, but with more purpose because the engineer Brayden and me needed a little bit more purpose and structure than just coloring a picture. Um, so I did that and then I had a lot of people commenting on it when I was taking it places and working on it and that they wanted one or and I was posting photos on Instagram and people were like, Where'd you buy that? Where can I get one? I'm like, oh I made it. So then I kind of got that planted the seed and I was like, hmm, I wonder if I could make these and sell them. So I talked with Steph, and I talked with Peter Abraham. He's one of our marketing consultants for NAZ Elite, and then um, friends and family, and they were all like, do it, do it. So I just decided to take the jump, and I worked with a, a graphic designer, and I would just send her all of the things I drew by hand, and she would digitize it all. And then we compiled this bullet journal, and, and I worked with a results Uh, or Reliance Printing in Flagstaff, and it's a local printing company, and they're really good, and they helped me get the paper and the cover and everything all picked out. And then, yeah, um, Jen, Ben's wife, helped me set up my website to sell it on my website, and then it was kind of just up to me to market the product. And it was a lot, (laughs) and I got very stressed out at times, Um, and my boyfriend can attest to that, (laughs) He was my rock <laughs> the whole time. But I learned a lot from it, and I wouldn't take it back. And it was a really fun experience learning, kind of just throwing myself into marketing and making a product because that was not related to engineering at all. So I had no background on that. But it was fun. I liked it. Yeah, you know, it things like that sometimes seem
0: simple from the outside looking in. I mean, I had this, like, plan to... Do these just like pretty general custom, not custom, general marathon training plans where they're like beginner, intermediate and advanced. And
1: uh-huh.
0: I was just for the longest time, I was like, I just I have the plans like I've created these plans, but like I need to take this and and like actually put it up. But Uh the hiring of the graphic designer, the getting the shop up on your website, the, like, making the videos that coincide with the training plans, like, Mm -hmm. you have this vision, and then once the the ball starts rolling, you're like, oh, there's, like, 19 (laughs) other steps Uh I need to do, and regardless of what happens like the first time is always an amazing learning experience but yeah I don't think people who haven't done it realize how much work it is
1: yeah it was I, I didn't realize how much work it was until I was too far in to back out and yeah then... <laughs> your simple <laughs> like, product <what? laughs> turns into so many uh, so yeah. many like
0: <laughs> steps to make it actually something right. that people can purchase <laughs> Uh-huh. So, so so what are your goals with it though because so you launched it so that is it 12 months like is it January to to December or can people use it throughout the year? How does that look?
1: Um so this one is January to December and I did that just because I felt like with the first one and I was kind of trying to get it out in time for Christmas so that it would kind of just be a year thing cuz I didn't know um how well they were going to go over or how well they'd be received, so I just wanted to make it kind of simple. Um so this one is it has the dates filled in for you and then it has trackers for every month. So you can choose eye track, sleep and mileage and anxiety and then you can do like habit trackers. So if I I'm trying to read a lot more this year. So if I read for at least 15 minutes a day then I can like color in one of the little shapes and then there's fun pages like birthdays and movies to watch and books to read. So it's really based off of a bullet journal, just kind of the hard work done for you. And you can fill in the personalized parts.
0: So it's not fully on running. It's like the, it's like your whole life.
1: Yeah. And, and that was the other thing is I, I always have had a training journal and then a planner So I always had two books that I was carrying around all the time. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be great if I could just carry one around. And I know people aren't just runners. Like, they have a lot of other things going on, like me. So it's nice to have – I have a training section on the top, and then on the bottom, it's just, like, every day, like, meeting with Steph at home today or time to race or just appointments and general life things um, all in one convenient place.
0: Oh, I love it. So you use the bullet journal that you sell. You, you use it. Yes, day.
1: I do. I do. I do.
0: I want to circle back around to the mental thing really quick because I okay. just looking at your post about your 10 K and, um, I think it's important to talk about this because it, this is Grayson's most recent Instagram post, um, you're talking about how you had a huge personal best, but you're still disappointed in how you mentally engaged and how mm-hmm. you you say, I did not give it 100% effort.
1: Yeah. Man,
0: that's hard to admit. Yeah. Because you want to <laughs> walk away and say, I left it all out on the table, but like, right. when do you know for sure that you've done that? And when you're racing as a pro, to be able to – admit that you feel like you didn't put it all out there that's pretty big
1: yeah um, it was pretty vulnerable post I was a little nervous to post it um so y'all never know how those things are retaken. but I had a lot of positive response from it and it's true I I try and be pretty authentic and real on Instagram and so I wanted to say what I was feeling and I wasn't trying to beat myself up about it I just know that like from my fitness standpoint it was a great PR but at the same time I know that I could have run faster and that I didn't push myself to do so because I kind of gave up or had like a mental lapse before and during the race so I just wasn't able to give it everything I had and I think I know that, and I want people to know that, too, because everyone was like, wow, great job. You had such an awesome race. You must feel amazing, such a huge PR. Um, But I really was – it felt like I ran 50 seconds slower than my PR from how my mental game was during the race.
0: So that's encouraging, though, because you're facing that now.
1: Right. I I hope so, at least. Yeah. (laughs) I'm hoping.
0: When was that? Friday that the race was Friday
1: yep mm-hmm. okay
0: was that your first race back from injury
1: no I raced in February at U.S. Cross and then um, qualified for NACAX at Team USA and then raced in Trinidad two weeks later so this is my third race back from injury
0: I mean that's that's pretty big after taking two months off and just starting to run again in January. Yeah. And you got a ten K PR? Yeah. Wow. Um,
1: that's impressive. Thanks. I yeah, I'm like the PR is good, but I, I feel like I let myself down on the other side of things. Yeah, so are you
0: having a hard time celebrating a best time because you're knowing that it could have been more I don't want to say that sounding negatively but that's what the struggle is
1: I think so yeah I haven't been able to really celebrate it at all I haven't felt good about it <laughs> since I race um just because I know deep down like what happened and that's a hard thing to admit to yourself much less to 35,000 other people following you but yeah. I think sometimes when you say it it once you say it to the people, it's easier to admit to yourself too. So. Oh.
0: oh, and so, and that was fi- a personal best by 50 seconds.
1: Uh-huh. Okay.
0: That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I mean, I mean, I'm not, I feel like that 32 flats going to be here way before you uh, turn 30. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> what does, what does, um, like this post, did you talk to coach Ben about this before the post or after the post, or did he kind of know you were processing that?
1: Yeah, I think he could see, and you can, that photo that I posted with it is from the start line. And to me and my family and friends, close friends, it's like pretty obvious how disconnected I am mm. it, that I'm not really present and ready to race. Um, and it's, yeah, he could see it too. And the whole thing, day leading up to the race I he could see that I was struggling a lot and then after the race I think he could see too that I did kind of just exactly what he asked for, nothing more and mm. um he knew that I kind of that's all I was doing it for so I think he didn't know that I was processing it and he could see it too I didn't clear the post with him but um <laughs> yeah he knew like we talked about on the plane and after the race. So he's aware. At what point in
0: the race were you like, okay, like I'm just dissecting this because I'm really thinking it through because I think that that we as runners, no matter what level we're running at, we have this opportunity in a race to either keep pushing or be Mm -hmm. satisfied and content with good enough.
1: Yeah. And so at Um, what point in the
0: race were you like, this is good enough, even though I know I probably could push harder?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, And I think I can remember a point. I think we had maybe eight laps to go and we'd been on pace the whole way. And we kind of discussed beforehand, like, oh, if you run 78s and then with the last eight laps, the last two miles, like try and pick it up and but only if you can. And so I think when I got to eight to go and I was still feeling fine, I was like, I could just keep running this and I've done the job. I don't have to push anymore. And I made the poor decision to not push anymore and just keep running the easy 78. So we've been running and finished and was like, ah, oh, I definitely let myself down on that one. And I let my coach down and the people that, are looking to me.
0: So how do we hone, how do we like, I know this is so soon and it's like a quick turnaround, but like, for instance, at the cherry blossom, I'm like trying to be your therapist. Here, yeah. so I, I don't know what I'm doing at all. <laughs> I'm just thinking it through. Like if this were me, I'm like, mm-hmm. what, what do you think? So come mile seven at the cherry blossom race, like, and by the time this episode gets posted, you guys, heard, she'll have been done and raced that race. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, how do you think you can process that differently mid-race knowing now you know, like you were like, I did that. Yeah. I, I felt those nerves. I, I gave into those feelings. Now how do I, how do I conquer it differently?
1: I think now maybe going in, knowing how bad I felt after the race, giving into it. I can try and remind myself if that feeling comes up again at Cherry Blossom. Like, remember how bad you felt mm-hmm. <laughs> for the whole week after Stanford. Maybe push this time so you don't feel like that and feel like you let yourself down again. But well, uh, really... I also think go ahead pre-race. Oh, I think my um, big problem came from like nerves and thinking too much before the race. So if I can get excited to race and not dread how nervous I get about it, then that will help me to not have those feelings to begin with during the race.
0: Yeah, totally. Now, what are you most excited about post like this season? Like what's going on this summer? What are the plans for the fall?
1: Um, We don't really have any racing plans in the fall yet, but I am excited to maybe do my first trail race um, after the track season wraps up and right before my break I think Ben has agreed to a short ish trail race um, just for fun because I think that would be something I would enjoy and then a time off of running a full break which is always nice and going home and then yeah, I don't really have any plans just Seeing the boyfriend and catching up with people.
0: I think it's cool that Ben's going to have you and let you do a trail race. <laughs> Cause is that, that doesn't seem very, um, very usual. Is that something out of the ordinary? Is it because you want to come back to like the root of why you love running and that you think that'll like inspire to be excited? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think so. And it's definitely, I'm the only one that enjoys, I think trail running, really enjoys it and would even consider racing and I definitely had to beg to do a trail race it's not something he would have suggested oh, really? or yeah so he has begrudgingly agreed to maybe letting me do one but I'm gonna make sure that I can get one in even if it's just a fun one that I'm not actually full out racing I think it'd just be fun to get back on the trail and remember why I liked running in the first place.
0: Isn't that so healthy that you're doing that so early in your career already now is he being begrudgingly about is he begrudged how do I say that is he being begrudged is he begrudgedly agreeing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is he begrudgedly agreeing because he's afraid you'll get like you'll roll an ankle or something or
1: why I think so, and it's just a race and, that we're not familiar with and or type of racing we're not familiar with and yeah, I think he just doesn't want me to get hurt or something crazy to happen, fall off a cliff, but I'll be okay. And <laughs> none, trust of,
0: myself. none of your other teammates are interested?
1: Not at all. No, nope. They think I'm crazy. Honestly. I'm certifiably nuts to them. N-
0: don't try to talk any of them into it. That's <laughs> yeah. what he says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Grayson. Well, let's wrap up here with the end okay. of the podcast questions. Um, thanks for sharing that information and, and, putting your story out there for everybody makes it super relatable to hear someone competing at such a high level to admit that man those nerves are tough and you got to work through it (laughs) work in progress for sure I'm excited to like chat with you again in like six years and just see, see the progress that is made not only physically but emotionally as well I mean I know you know this, but it's like, you got to give yourself so much grace for doing this so like quickly, Mm -hmm. like you're really thrown into this. Yeah.
1: I'm trying to keep that in mind too. And not, it's hard not to put the pressure on myself when you're, I'm a pro and this is, I get paid for and I need to act like one, but then I'm like, but wait, I'm have as much experience as a high school runner or less and I don't know what I'm doing. You're doing a great
0: job. Thanks. All right, Grayson, what is one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet?
1: I do have a bucket list that I keep also in my planner in case um, you have a planner. But you know, I'm just flipping to the page because I wrote some good ones down. I always forget these things. Um, I would love to win a race. Um, whether I don't really put a lot of like what race or what time or wherever but I haven't done a lot of winning because I've just been kind of keep throwing into higher and higher level races and so I never really had a chance to win so my goal or something I look forward to is to learn how to win because I definitely think that's something to be learned Um, and then personally if I can just kind of learned how to conquer my anxiety that would be a big life goal for me
0: and is this race anxiety or is this anxiety in general
1: anxiety in general I think and I think that would help with the race anxiety but definitely would like to live a more anxiety-free life overall I hear
0: you man I hear (laughs) it's I I feel those feelings yes 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 yeah (laughs) What is an accomplishment you're most proud of?
1: Um, I'm really proud of my planners and taking the risk to produce a product and sell it and throw myself into the world of business uh, when I had no business being there. But I did it anyway, and I'm proud of being tenacious enough to just try it and the same thing goes with running I'm I'm really proud of my tenacity to just try something and even though it is super uncomfortable and maybe I am behind now as a pro but I'm excited that I followed my passion to be a pro even against the better judgment of some people so um my tenacity I guess
0: And your potential is just sky high. It's so exciting to see, to think about what you're going to do in these next few years. Yes, I'm so
1: excited. The sky
0: is the limit. Yes. Did you ever think about, too, when you launched your journals? Like, I feel like when you put a product out and like for me that's this podcast even it's like when you put something out for the world to either hear see buy listen to mm-hmm. it's like you're kind of in this vulnerable state like will they like it uh-huh what will they yeah. say
1: yeah it's like um directly being judged on your work if people are buying your product or not which was a scary thing I didn't know if I wanted to know that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's hard. And then you're yeah. like, well, they spent money on it, and if they don't yeah. like it, then they're they have a right to complain about it because yeah. they paid
1: for it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I've been trying just to not let myself down that rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> well, it's a big move, and it's it's also a big accomplishment to do. Um, at 23 while you're pursuing your professional running career. And I think that those things are going to serve you really well. Like you are getting your ducks in a row, like knowing to pursue those other passions.
1: Yeah. I'm hoping it all, i laying a good foundation that it will all kind of come together. Are you planning
0: to do another one next year, but like differently or just for the new year?
1: What is more um, yeah, in the future? I think if I did one again, I would make it, so you could fill in the dates and so then it could be bought it wasn't such a time sensitive thing you could buy it whenever during the year um I think a lot of I've had some comments that high schoolers want it but then it's not on an academic year so that's hard for them because then they need like two kind of yeah um so yeah I think I would make it so you could fill in the dates.
0: Oh, yeah. You got to market that to all those cross country and, high yeah. and track teams, all those college <laughs> and high school teams. Yeah. If you could have coffee, cocktail or tea with someone fun, motivating or inspiring, who would it be?
1: Um, The last time I answered this question, I think I said Ernest Hemingway. Okay. but I've since changed my answer, I think. Um, and I would want it to be with Definitely an author, so right now, um, I really like Gabriel Garcia Marquez, and he wrote 100 Years of Solitude and Life in a Time of Cholera. I just think he'd be a cool person to talk to, and then, or I would talk to Edward Abbey, who wrote a lot of books about southern Utah and the desert life, and he wrote Desert Solitaire, so I think they'd have some cool interesting perspectives, fun to have coffee with.
0: Are these people alive still?
1: They are not. Edward Abbey is not, but I think Marquez still is alive. Okay.
0: Who instilled (laughs) the love for reading in your life?
1: Probably my parents. Um, We've always, all my parents read and my stepdads a really big reader and um, he's probably the person I talk to the most about books and we have little book clubs and coffee chats about books so probably my stepdad and my mom they both really like to read. Where do you get your recommendations like are you on Goodreads? I'm not actually but I've heard of it. There I kind of you- just go to the library and walk around so I find something I like
0: that's like my dream is to is so go to fun. the library and just like browse the bookshelves well, and like have no time that I have to be anywhere and to like yeah. literally just not have to think about anything but picking out 12 books that I'll only have yes. time to read two of. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: what I do. Isn't
0: that a, it's so dreamy. I would like it is. anytime I do actually go to the library alone without my kids, I like end up leaving with like six books and I'm uh-huh. like Lindsay you have
1: literally two or three weeks to read these books uh, like there you have to return them why did you uh-huh. not just pick two yeah. <laughs> I do the same thing I've always said books make the greatest gifts too which I don't think people understand why but it's because there's so much in it mm-hmm that you can get out of it so
0: and then you can always if you're the kind of person who doesn't like to collect stuff after you read it you can just pass it along to someone else yeah love it what is the best most recent if you had to pick what is the best most recent in like the last three years book you've read
1: oh in the last three years um hmm. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now to try and pick one Uh, As far as running books go, I read Let Your Mind Run by Dina Castor, and that was really eye-opening, and I felt like in her younger years, um, post-college, her experience sounds a lot like mine right now, and although I don't have the background that she did in high school, um, she kind of started from the ground up again after college, and so that was inspiring to know that, The American Record Holder wasn't always that way. Um, And then as far as non-running books go, probably Kerouac on the Road or, again, Garcia Marquez. Just I love his writing, so one of those.
0: What podcasts do you listen to?
1: I listen to yours, of course, and uh, Strong Runner Chicks. Oh, I I think Um, I've heard of that. Yeah, they're awesome. I've been on their podcast a few times, and the girls that run that, Kelsey and Megan, are super nice. Um, They they just are trying to make the sport such a better place, and I love their passion for it. And then, okay, this is really, so weird. Strong run. Yeah. I I
0: mm-hmm. was out for a run in Bloomington. I I went to IU, and I from there, and I was okay down there last weekend, and I. A girl emailed, messaged me and said, I think I saw you running on campus. And I think the context of her email, though, said she was part. Yeah, she says she's part of Strong Runner Chicks. So that's got to be the podcast, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Megan, is this the girl? Uh Uh-huh. There's a girl, Megan, and then a girl named Kelsey.
0: Okay. There's someone else that messaged me, though, I feel like. That's, That's just like full circle because this person literally just emailed me.
1: Oh, wow. I know they have a website too, and they have a lot of writers, girls that write for them, so could also be one of their writers. I bet she writes for them. That's okay. a, that sounds yeah. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so everybody go check
0: out that podcast.
1: Yes, it's fun. Okay, um, continue on. <laughs> and
0: I like TED
1: Talks and like science ones too. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah, I love. I'm actually reading a book right now about like how to deliver TED Talks.
1: Oh yeah. I that's mean, something cool.
0: Yeah. And cause I could just like sit and watch Ted talks all day.
1: They're amazing. Yeah. You do really good at that too. You have experience. So,
0: well, I mean, it. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, when you see someone give like a really good presentation like that, you're like, you, wow. you, some, you watch it and you're like, man, they're so good at that. But then uh-huh. I was talking to one of my friends about this and, um, a a Guy, she's close with public speaks all the time, and he said, This is I don't know where he pulled this information, but for (laughs) every one minute you are on stage, you need to practice at least one hour. And it's like,
1: Oh my gosh, okay,
0: think about that a 20 minute presentation, you need at least 20 hours in that practice. So it's just you know it's one of those things where you look at it's like what we were talking about the product you sell online, like you look at the person that puts the product out there and you're like, "Oh man, she did this great product uh-huh. and but you don't see all the work that went yeah. behind the scenes like that twenty minute presentation that was awesome took like weeks and months and yeah. hours,
1: you know crazy,
0: okay, Grayson. what is one message you'd like to send to the world?
1: Um to try new things and to be tenacious I feel like that's kind of my mo and it's been scary at times but it's been super rewarding so I would always encourage you to just do it (laughs) just have like 10 seconds of bravery and just say yes and do it and you never know where it will lead you just go for it Mm -hmm. love it all right Grayson
0: well hey good luck at thank you cherry blossom
1: Thank you so much.
0: I hope that your meeting with Ben goes well and we'll be yes. <laughs> looking forward to see how you do in that race. And I hope it feels freeing and exciting to you.
1: Thank you. All
0: right. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Thank you, Grayson, for coming on the show and sharing your story. We will be sure to follow along with your journey as a professional runner. For Hoka Ane Ane and AZ Elite, you guys can follow Grayson over on social media. She is Grayson underscore Grayson on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on social media. I'm Hine 626 on Instagram and Lindsay Hine on Twitter. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine on Facebook where we have a group as well. If you are running the One America 500 Festival Mini Marathon this weekend, good luck. I'm excited that you are in my city and I hope to see you at one of the events. I'll be at the expo from 4 to 5 p.m. and then 6 to 8 p.m. on Friday and then obviously running the race the next morning with some of my friends. and. We'll be at the post-race party at Millennial Park afterwards, and we are going to finish it up at Athletic Annex at their brand-new location in Nora from 3 to 5 p.m. on Saturday. Links to all of that will be in the show notes at LindseyHine.com. Make sure you guys check out FabFitFun. Go to fabfitfun.com. Use the promo code ANOTHER for $10 off your first box. And check out Lily Trotters. LilyTrotters.com. Use the promo code ANOTHER for 25% off your order. All right, friends, have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend, and as always, I'll see you next Friday.